Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's dark. It's Monday night. It means we're barking. Right? Yeah, we are barking. It's it's <laughs> listening. It's after dark. And I'm not gonna lie, man. I could have been. I could have went to sleep 30 minutes ago. I I'm with you, buddy. I could have been in bed 30 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> I took my family to Asheville this weekend. We had a blast, but I am exhausted. Uh, but I'm really excited about tonight's show. We got Dan Inman, um, massive offensive lineman, iconic picture of him uh, dominating two LSU guys back in 2004. He played uh, with Mike Bobo as a, as a coach at Georgia, and then he also worked with Mike Bobo as an offensive uh, graduate assistant at Georgia. I just want to talk to him a little bit about that. Uh, and, and the same thing we've talked about with everybody else, Roos, uh, just good stories. Uh, what hotels have you stayed in that are crappy? Um, what are you know? What, what are we drinking on? All that stuff. We got all of it coming tonight, and uh, not the greatest time in the world to be a sports fan, um, you know, especially if you're not a big basketball fan, which I'm just such a casual uh it's uh it's a tough time of year for that it's awful it's pretty much the doldrums and I, I tell people look i do not i don't keep up with anything else to be honest with you i don't keep up with basketball i don't keep up with baseball at all i know you're a big braves guy i don't watch any of that i don't watch any college baseball nothing like that um i i've really kind of tuned out of the nfl the last couple of years because the falcons have been so bad um, so I, I mostly only follow Georgia football for the, uh, the large part. And so it's a tough time of year. Um, it's even tough, you know, recruiting is 24 seven. It happens all the time. Right. But it, it's even tough on that regard because we're so far away from signing day. Like we almost couldn't be further away from the next signing period. Uh, it's, it's the longest stretch. So you got to take everything the kids say with a grain of salt. Uh, it's just, it's just tough, man. Um, so I don't know. It, it, I'm looking forward to it being over. The big one for me, honestly, is the NFL draft. I love the draft. I'm a huge draft guy, and I also love the Masters. Obviously. Yeah, and those are the two big. Those are the two big things I look forward to in this time of year. I'm fired up about the Masters. I'm still kind of holding out hope against hope that uh, that I'll be able to get in and uh, enjoy that because man it was it was something else last year and uh, i stacked up a lot of plastic cups man a lot of plastic <laughs> cups. i didn't steal a single one um i wasn't like that legendary photo of that guy behind there but i guess it's a good segue yeah. Roos. uh what you drinking uh so i'm back on the train tonight uh i was uh i was uh taking a break last week this week i'm drinking uh squeezy rider by the shoots an ipa west coast ipa um a really nice one. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the shoots out of gosh, where are these guys at? Oh, Bend, Oregon. Um, and I have had some of their stuff before um, in other uh, times that I visited uh, Oregon or when I visited Oregon, I, I drank some Deschutes uh, quite a bit. Went out there for the opening a couple of times. That was a good time. So um, really nice, really tropical. Good yeah. idea. Last I checked, Bend, Oregon is the only place with a with a living blockbuster. That is correct. Um, I don't yeah. know why. Somehow I just Googled Bend, Oregon like two yeah. days ago. Well, you know, back, uh, you know, taking you guys back to a little history when the pandemic was going on, we had a buddy, we've mentioned him before on the podcast, Zach Thrower, who put together a uh, trivia thing that we would do virtual trivia on Zoom. And it was actually pretty fun. Um, we had a good time doing it. And I remember when it was my time to put together trivia, that was one of my trivia questions and all. You know, one of the things that I'd, I've put together trivia a few times. I know you have too at a brewery there. Uh, where you're at, uh, it's when I put together trivia, I will remember the answer to that question. Yeah, no question something about the reverse engineering of it. Uh, but yeah, that's something I'll always remember. And I don't know if it's still there, but like I said, last I checked, it was the, the side of the last functioning one. Um, I am, uh, I'm on the ranch water kick tonight. I am, uh, you know, a little Espalon Reposado 
with some uh, with uh, a squeeze of lime and some Topo Chico uh, seltzer water uh, or mineral Reposado, water. Reposado is an interesting choice, it seems like to me, because I would think that you would want to go with like the silver, right? Like, I, I, I'm a big I'm a big Reposado guy. I, I really am. I'm, if I drink it by itself, it's either Reposado or an Anejo, extra Anejo. Um, and then Blanco is a good mixing tequila. I'm just uh, Blanco's a little sharp for me. A little sharp for me. Not my not my big thing. But I know Matthew C loves those ranch waters, and uh, I do too, man. I, I it was funny last summer. Went on vacation, and uh, a, a good friend of mine who, who might be listening to this podcast. I know he listens to uh, or listening to the show. I know he listens to the Georgia show. Chris Irvin, he works with uh, Publix. And uh, he was, you know, he, he got to talking about kind of this whole ranch water phenomenon. And the reason was, is there's not a whole lot to it. There's a little bit of lime juice in it and uh, mineral, you know, zero calorie mineral water um, and tequila. And you're just kind of like, oh, wow, here we go. Um, but yeah, I, listen, I do love good bourbon. I do. But it's Monday night, man. And I'm not going to be featuring the bourbons on here a whole lot. Yeah, I got to I got it so hard to get a hold of what I like. I got to stay away from dark liquor on Mondays. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a long week ahead for, uh, for dark liquor drinking. Uh, even, I honestly, I've really, I've really just backed off a of liquor in a big way. Um, which, <laughs> yeah. which, which I think you might agree is probably a good idea for me. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> if we just get you off the shots, it's okay. yeah, just the bombs, right? The bombs, um, no bombs. Yeah. If you want to see, yeah, if, if we want to figure out the effect of Red Bull and alcohol on somebody, uh, we just need to damnate my body to science because we, I put it through the ringer with that shit. Uh, I haven't, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't had a bomb in, I hadn't had a bomb in probably two years almost. Yeah, you, it would probably, it would probably send you on some sort of uh, unclothed romp through the mountain, <laughs> uh, but uh. Speaking of unclothed romp through the mountains, we got. I think we got Dan Inman with us. Let's uh, see. Uh, what, with I don't. I don't think it's cam- his camera's not working yet. Oh um, my god! Yeah. So uh, he's, you know, they they uh, they pay him to look pretty, not to work out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, so, <laughs> where's he at? Maybe. Nope. Dan in the dark. <laughs> Dan in the dark, and we're gonna bark. We just build a whole sound, build a whole thing around it. No, I'm so, excited. I'm excited to get Dan on because I think Dan's going to give us some really nice perspective on yeah. this on this Mike Bobo thing. I mean, to know him personally, to work alongside the guy. You know, I think one of the big things that I'm gonna that I'm definitely going to talk to him about um, is is adaptability. You know, I think that that's been one of the big concerns that a lot of people have had, and I think yeah. in working with the guy that you'll you'll be able to to pick that out pretty quickly. Um, you know, how adaptable is he? And um, I don't know. I mean, it feels like there was like that initial there was like that initial pop of concern. And it feels like things have kind of died down and gotten back to normal for the most part. I think I think it's we're at the acceptance phase of grief for for people who hate Mike Bobo at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, I think also people just understand like at some point. You know, like this is part of the acceptance phase, and and this is where it should stop. To be honest with you, you can't grieve before something happens. Uh, but but I think with with it, you just kind of have to get to the thing. that's like you got you got no say, you got no, um, and everybody does get there. But man, it takes some people a long time to get there. They got to cycle through it several times. And you know, I just I just think it's a little bit. I know some folks get real fired up about it. You know, they they like being able to call it before it happens, and you know they because they're disappointed in it, they want to set it up in their own way um, so that it, it happens the way it happens. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's beneficial all around. Right. Well, I just look at it as kind of like, man, each, each of these things are in and of themselves, uh, you know, individual and unlike a Brian Schottenheimer and unlike a James Coley, Mike Bobo has actually done it really well a few times, um, you know, and, and, you know, he hadn't been an OC that long and, hadn't had a ton of opportunities to do very many, um, you know, just special things as an offensive coordinator in terms of winning a bunch of games because they just struggled so bad defensively. We've pointed out the stats as far as that goes. Uh, but, but you know, we what we do know is that he can do it, and he can do it in different ways, and he's had different trends throughout his career. I think Dan will be able to give us some insight on there. I might have to end up using his phone. Uh, to get that camera thing going, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not I'm, sure. I, I'm gonna. I don't. I hate to leave you for just a second, but something weird has happened in my house. I'm gonna step away very briefly. Okay, here we go. This is this is it. <laughs> this is it. Leave the camera on. Let's take it with you real quick. 
I don't I, I got a filibuster here. I think uh, Jake Roos may be about to get attacked by some meth heads, um, which would be um, you know, great to have on camera. Uh, I'm not sure what we would do uh, without him for the rest of the show because I don't really live near Roos anymore. Uh, we got somebody coming on here. Give you some help, Jake. Here's the here's producer Palmer uh, rolling in here. And he's muted. Nobody makes it look harder than Palmer Toms. I, I shouldn't be muted. You were for there for a second. Can you hear me now? Oh, I got you. Verizon wireless style. Great show tonight, guys. We are just flying. <laughs> this is the, I love live YouTubes, baby. I don't know what we're talking about here. I don't know what we're going to do. Roos is uh, – I'm right now I'm on pins and needles wondering but, if Roos is ever going to come back. We're just concerned about Jake Roos. Yeah, we're just worried. Is he ever going to come back? Matthew C is going to write a book on this. Um, <laughs> he's going to write <laughs> – Paul, we need to tweet about it. Will Jake Roos return to us? That, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the Jake Roos has left us on Bark After Dark. Device not connected. I mean, we, we might have lost him. Uh-oh. Well, I'm seeing them still in there. All right, so Palmer, um, let's uh, let's ask you some of the questions that we asked that we have been asking ourselves. And one of the things I want to hear you answer: uh, worst hotel room you've ever stayed in? I know that's a ruse question, but we need to hear it. So, for me, I would say there's two that come to mind. Um, and, and both of them came during last football season, the 2021 season, not the 22 season. You've, you've got good taste in, in booking hotel rooms. <laughs> the uh, I can't remember what hotel it was, uh, but in Auburn, we stayed in a smoking room. Yeah. Uh, She's that, a bad that, choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we might have been the last person to book a spot in said hotel. Um, I know you are a, uh, advocate for making that, a, making that a day trip, uh, not staying in a hotel at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to be on the planes very long. And then, um, there were, there, there were some cockroaches in my, uh, Knoxville hotel room, which jads up with that, with that town. Yeah. I love uh, hot dogs in here. Daniel knocking on Roos's door to use the camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, not not a not a big Tennessee guy over here. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, so. I, I usually enjoy myself in Knoxville. I have a pretty good time up there. I told you though, coming one of the things I did tell you coming into this year though, Lexington, you got to keep an eye on Lexington. Very sneaky good. And Very I think we had a good time in Lexington this past year. We did. We did. You 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 didn't enjoy the drive, but um oh, he's alive and I'm happy. Oh boy! Welcome back, everybody. All we right. We didn't know what happened. <laughs> Listen, I've told you. There's. I, Is that a paternity I, suit? I've no. I purchased this property. <laughs> I recently bought my house, and I'm really taking a a, a shot um, here. On oh well, hold on. There's another knock at the door. Let's go see what's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I can't, tell, I can't tell how horrible or how good this is because I'm like, I am very interested in what's going on. Um, but um, I think the good thing is I think Roos may be just going to live through this. Oh, my God. Yeah, Matthew C., you're right. That is the Bulldog Inn talking about bad hotels just a little bit north of Athens. Yeah. Uh, on 441 on the way to uh, Commerce. Uh, disgusting, disgusting type place. And, yeah, Dylan Brooks, it might be Bigfoot at Roos's door. Um, so the one in Auburn and then you said one in Tennessee, was that right? Yeah, Knoxville wasn't great last year. Yeah. So what did you like about Lexington? For those, hit us up in the comments if you like Lexington, Kentucky. Um, if you're what, listening what, to the podcast, sorry it's not the greatest yeah. engagement, but. One, one of our big posters was disappointed that I wasn't making the trip up there for the basketball game this year. Yeah. Uh, just knowing how, how great that town is. I mean, Jake, you were you were absolutely right that uh, that I, I, you can just you know blindly choose a place in Lexington, anywhere within that town, and, and have a great time. Yeah, um, and we did. Oh, look, we got Dan. We got Dan in here. So I'll I'll turn it over to you 
and uh, you and Dan, and, and we can talk about Lexington and and horror stories of hotels another time with me. All right. What's up, Big Dan? How's it going, dude? Good. Let me. Uh, I'm trying to get a good connection with you. Okay. Okay. I had my computer right there beside the phone. Yeah, for some reason it's uh it's real. We're getting some real granny. We're getting some feedback. Yeah, you know I me. Mean? Try to enter again. Yeah, try. Yeah, try to give us another shot and get in there. Hit start over, guys. Technical difficulty tonight on tonight's show. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, we've been on for fifteen minutes. This is terrible. This is uh, living as Dylan. And Brooks. really, nobody is to blame, and that's the thing. Um, J- uh, Jake Roos may have puncture wounds. We don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it, we're we're praying not. Uh, thoughts and prayers with Jake Roos. Um, but yeah, Chad Dog, you're right. Dan Emmon, that is one of the greatest SI photos ever. Oh, Dan, I've got, at least I've got it pulled up, waiting waiting for him to come on. At least you all have seen Dan's face now, and you know that we know him. You know that he is a big time celebrity, and. Uh, uh, hey, uh, Matthew C., yes, that's that insult to Georgia Tech. Uh, if you did not see that story that Palmer wrote up today from that video released by that player from Georgia Tech who talked about how the Georgia defense made it seem like they were playing on a 30-yard field and uh, how Jalen Carter in the third quarters just gave him the most unusual dig ever, he says, you guys, just, you guys aren't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean right, what a – what a dry we, insult. We we got Dan in here again. Okay. And I'm back. <laughs> now our house is full. <laughs> Dan has not joined us yet. Maybe he'll be in here. He, he was with us a minute ago. Well, we're just we're just swinging tonight. We man. are we're just this is this is a real life podcast put up by real life people. We're doing yeah. it live <laughs> every every Monday night. So what what's going on at your door right now, dude? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, so, uh, like I told, I've told you this about my, my, so I've technically, I live in Tennessee. I live in Tennessee by about 80 feet. Okay. So I, am a resident of, of Copper Hill, Tennessee, which is the adjacent town of McKaysville where I grew up. I couldn't be any closer to the the state line. Um, and, uh, you know, so I I bought this property. I love where I live. I, cause I can walk to town. It's cool. There's a couple breweries down here you know, it's, it's, it's small, but it's, it's fun. There's enough to do. My neighborhood is not exactly the nicest neighborhood <laughs> that you've ever been to in your life. Um, there's some, uh, the, uh, the greater tri-state area here. So I'm in kind of the, um, I'm in the, I'm in where Tennessee, Georgia, and North Carolina all run into each other. And because there are three, three, uh, states so close and, um, you know, you're not too far from Atlanta. You're not too far from Chattanooga and you're not too far from Asheville. Some major interstates running around all of those. Uh, there's a, a fair amount of methamphetamine uh, in my uh, neighborhood and uh, there's a fair amount of cooking it. And um, I, they won't, uh, <laughs> there's luckily though, that that's not what tonight had to do with. Um, I have a very sweet older woman who lives uh, next door to me. Um, the people who live with her are not the sweetest people that I've ever encountered. They're, they're fine. They don't bother me or anything. They're just, you know, they're, they're a little strung out. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, um, she apparently had lost her cell phone and um, she doesn't have a car. And so she was just, she needed to, she needed to borrow my cell phone. And uh, yeah. now, now it appears they're all outside screaming at each other, which is a pretty regular occurrence. And, you know, when they're not building uh, sheds or setting up their tents or, um, you know, whatever they do. Um, it's yeah. This guy up in here talking about methods. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, they're, they're there. 
Second yeah. worst thing never happened to Copper Hills <laughs> outside of the outside of the Copper Basin. Yeah, no question, man. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it is. It's a it's a crazy place, man. And I look, I'm glad I you know I, it's home for me, and I love it. And I tell people all the time, they're like, "This is where I grew up," and so I'm used to it. I think it freaks a lot of people out, but like you know. It's just what it is, man. It's always been this way, especially Copper Hill. You know, it's it's a little rougher part of town. And like I said, we're just kind of betting on the neighborhood coming up. Hope, hope that uh, was a good investment. <laughs> I think you missed Dan Emman coming in here gargling gra uh, gravel a little bit ago. <laughs> when he started talking, I was I thought like I said we were joined by Lucifer himself. I yeah. Mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's trying to summon some demons on yeah, us. And, speaking and, uh, backward, you know. <laughs> oh, listen, anytime this happens, anytime you got a show. Now, we didn't, we had a contingency built in if Dan had problems or if Dan had something pop up. You've always got to be ready for that. We didn't have a contingency built in place that somebody's going to start knocking on Roos's door. That's true. All right? So, so we've done the best we can. Let's get to our, to the part of the show until Dan gets here that we kind of wanted to get after. And Roos, let me tell you something, man. We talk about, you know, some of the things that we've done over the years. And Palmer and I have done this probably more than you and I have, even though you and I have done it several times. But, yeah, share a hotel room with somebody. You get the videos going of, of Stone Cold E.T. Or, uh, or uh, you know, uh, that ain't no water. That's uh, that's Grey Goose. Um, you know, you get a little Tom Segura, a little Burt Kreischer, Nate Bargatze, a little comedy going What's your go-to on the comedy front? You need a good laugh. You need something to pick you up. Um, I know that Stone Cold E.T. is close to the heart, but is there anything that beats it? Yeah, no, that Stone Cold E.T. is close to my heart for sure. I think I showed you that, if I'm not mistaken. I think I brought. I think I may have brought that to you. I had seen it. I think you showed me the White Castle one for the first yeah. time. I think that's the only one. There's another one. He does oh. some other stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Not I didn't a lot of other stuff, but I... I I'm gonna pretend that's the only one because there's no way the other ones are. I had seen that. I had seen a Stone Cold ET video once or twice. Yeah, um, but I had never seen one that was that. I mean, they just crushed it. I mean, it's just perfect. Yeah, so I'll tell you, like, not even when I'm necessarily looking for a laugh, but like you said, pick me up, and the first thing that came to my mind is Bill Hicks um, did a great special back in the '80s, um, and uh, he does this he does this piece called uh, it's just a ride and that's how it's often oft quoted. And he just talks about how life is this ride and we're on this ride and it's ups and downs and thrills and chills. And, you know, it's, it's just a very uplifting piece for me. And the idea being that we can change the ride anytime that we want to. And I always thought that that was just a really beautiful, I thought that was a really beautiful piece. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that one. Uh, that's that's one of my favorites. I don't know if you've seen "We're All Innocent Men" lately. Have you seen no, that one? Are you no. familiar with this one? You no. got to find that, dude. You got when we get the <laughs> show done tonight. It is. It is. I have laughed. I've. Been, it's like haunted me. Like I've been thinking about it for days. I saw it and what is it? It's this. It's this clip from this children's show in in uh, in London. I think it's out of. It's a BBC children's show, and it's this puppet talking and for whatever reason, he just says, we're all, we're all just innocent men. And he's, and he, there's no context to what he's saying. He just, it's out of nowhere. The girl it catches completely off guard. Who's hosting the show. It's totally bizarre, but it's, um, does he it, just say it over and over? Really? Really? No, no. She's just talking to him. And like uh, the clip is just, he looks at her and he's like, we're just normal men. And she goes, well, what do you mean, normal men? And he goes, we're just innocent men. And, <laughs> and there's like, there's no context at all, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah that that's a good one, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that does sound like it's pretty dry. And the, the Stone Cold ET things that go to, um, you know, I showed Palmer that here recently. Palmer's got some good zingers on his side too. Um, you know, one of the things that. Uh, Palmer and I have been known to do is, uh, you know, you spend time on the road quoting movies, just trying to get through the drive because God, there's nothing I hate worse than driving or riding in a car for more than 20 uh, for more than a couple hours. And uh, we did that a couple times this year. There, Roos is gone again. Um, I, man, this is, uh, yeah, we got, we do have a Beavis and Butthead sequel. Um, apparently, Bark After Dark was not a good idea tonight because. <laughs> It's hard to keep Roos on the air. But, yeah, one of the things, I mean, we're big on comedy. Uh, we listen to a lot of it. We like to laugh. 
And uh, one of our favorite things uh, uh, is uh, the the other guys. Um, yeah, the other guys. I mean, one of the best. You ever seen the other guys, Ruth? You know, I actually have not. Oh God, it's so I've good. not. I've heard. I've I've heard you talk about it. Several yeah, times. yeah. It's it's really good, man. It's it's really good. It's one of the last like you know kind of silly comedies that I think was great. Um, you know, we get into a lot of Will Ferrell stuff. Um, just getting a lot to a cinema, a lot of cinema anyway. But uh, Tom Segura is a go to um, oh, is a go to comedian. He's a um, genius. Some of the some of the best stuff out there. You know, one of the funny things is um, Bill Burr, right? Um, when I was when I first got into recruiting um, and and covering recruiting, you're driving across the state. You're you're trying to find anything and everything to listen to, and I wasn't making enough money then to afford XM radio, and I don't think I had a car nice enough for it either. Uh, so I, I would uh, I would listen to Pandora a lot, Pandora Radio, and a ton of like Hannibal Burris and uh, and Bill Burr Radio. Then Bill Burr comes to the Classic City, and to let you guys know how long ago this was in Bill Burr's career, he did a meet and greet after the show. <laughs> And uh, and uh, there's a photo out there somewhere of me like posing with Bill Burr um, because I was I was just so proud um, and he wasn't with it like he was just starting to get to where he wanted to break out of there I believe that was the last time he visited the at the uh, the classic uh, sorry not the classic the Georgia Theater and uh, yeah man he did a he did like an hour uh, he I'm telling you man it was I'd never heard it before I'd listened to that, what I thought everything he had let you know how big of geniuses these guys are that he did an hour in Athens that I had never even heard before. And I'd just been listening to him nonstop hours and hours and hours on a uh, Pandora radio and nothing. So he's oh, also really, a go-to as well. No, it changes. I think it really changes your perspective when you see a comedian live and he's able to do that, you know, do the do no. stuff. Like I saw, I remember I saw Chappelle um, in Birmingham, Alabama with my dad at the BJCC and he almost it, it was almost like unscripted. Like they were like it was almost like he had a couple bullet points he wanted to get to, but most of the time he was just riffing and telling stories, and and it was so impressive to watch it all happen like right in front of you. I couldn't believe it. It was it was stunning. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I honestly, I mean, this show earlier tonight, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, you're up there. There is nothing. I'm up here on. Film like we can just end this thing and get out of here without you know I don't yeah. have to walk past anybody to leave. Yeah, holy smokes, man! I mean, it's just it's it's nuts as far as all of that goes. And then you know I don't know, man. You, there's so much there's so much time that you're out there just trying to kill uh, when you're doing this job. Is sometimes that whole hurry up and wait is such a big part of it. Entertainment's a big part of it. Have you ever? Let me ask you this: when you're out, when you've been out on the road. Yeah. And you've been out covering stuff. Have you ever just have kind of happened into a good situation in terms of like found some entertainment, found a concert, found a band, um, you know, by being out and about? Have you ever kind of no, not really. Um, I think, you know, I'm such a I love to travel, don't get me wrong. I enjoy it, but I'm a big homebody. And like, especially when I've been out traveling and stuff, like I've you know, for the most part, especially like for work for this job, if I've been able to drive, like I'm cool to like, I'm cool to work till one, two o'clock in the morning and Hey, let's take it home. You know, like I, I'm not trying to hang out or anything like that. If I visited other cities, I don't know that I've necessarily caught anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm more looking, f I, you know, I'm like you, uh, or, or I guess, you know, that's part of the reason we get along. Like when we go to, when I go to another city, I'm looking for breweries and I'm looking for restaurants. That That's what I'm seeking out every time. Um, so, you know, I'm not checking – and I, I got to tell you, man, the older I get, I'm just not like a concert guy much anymore. It's got to be a very rare – it's somebody I've really been wanting to see for a long, long time. Yeah. I, don't do, I just don't do well with crowds anymore, man. I don't like it. I don't like, you know, waiting in line for bathrooms. I don't like paying $9 for a beer. I don't like – you know, it's it all just kind of drives me crazy, and I, it it disgusts me because I I feel like that makes me sound like the oldest man on earth. But um, I you well, know I, I technically know. didn't know it. I technically didn't know it. It was a weird interaction. Whenever I was in, uh, when what well, we got, we got somebody here. We got, we Dan got some action. We got some action. Got it's Dan all coming Evans? together. It's all coming together. <laughs> What's up, hey, What's going on, man? I got it working. Okay, MacGyver. Yeah, we're glad, dude. We're glad you got it working because we were uh, we were over here in Braves rain delay. <laughs> oh, I could hear you. 
was trying to get the camera fixed on the on my wife's laptop. There you I ain't go. even gonna tell you. Yeah, I am gonna tell you. There's a little switch right here on the camera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's why it was black. I ain't even gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna spill the beans. Well, it's good to have you, man. It's uh, it's really good to talk to you. Um, you put a lot of years in at Georgia. How many total? Uh, let's see, five playing, and then uh, four coaching. Yeah, three, three or four coaching. That's Whatever awesome, man. Look at it. So let me ask you this. Let's um let's start at the beginning before we get into some because I know Roos is gonna hey, wanna... get closer to that mic. Yeah, uh, you gotta get closer to it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. So we I know Roos is gonna want to kind of get into um you know the Bobo connection here, but you know, for those who aren't familiar with you, for those that kind of became fans maybe last 10, 15 years or so, where'd you come from? How'd you get to Georgia? All right, so I'm from uh, North Carolina, and I was actually committed as a sophomore to East Carolina because my dad played there and was inducted in the Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, I wanted to follow my dad's footsteps. But as I got bigger, as I got older, and as the recruiting started picking up, um, you know, I decommitted from East Carolina. But I'll never forget Coach Bobo hand wrote me a letter and told me that if I ever changed my mind, that uh, he would like to show me what University of Georgia offered. And uh, and I always remembered that. And then I decommitted and it got word got out. And, uh, he came by to see me. It was actually funny because it was when he had gotten in the scooter accident. And uh, I think they were in Hawaii. And so he had on a boot. And uh, – and I'll never forget, I was picking on him about the boot and the scooter accident. And uh, we hit it off really good. And uh, then Coach Callaway kind of took over. And, and I went on an official visit. I actually went to a uh, football. I went to Georgia-Auburn when Cadillac Williams. And uh, it was 0-1. Um, Cadillac Williams had like a buck 50 in the defense. He came down to a goal line stand. And it was the best college football game I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, fans were awesome. Stadium was awesome. Georgia Auburn, goal line stand. You know, we we lost that game. UGA lost that game, but it won me over. And uh, and then of course, Coach Rick recruited me pretty hard, and I went on an official visit. Uh, my second official visit after Virginia. I went to Virginia when Al Grove had took over there. And um, they were going after some big, big recruits with the NFL-type recruiting. And anyway, uh, I took official visit there. I liked it. Um, but nothing like Athens, man. It won me over. My sister came with me on my official visit. and She was actually thinking about going to grad school here and uh, UGA. And <clears throat> anyway, needless to say, Coach Rick won me over. And um, – you know, started my journey at UGA. Uh, wasn't very well known. Wasn't very – didn't know a whole lot of guys. Um, tell you the truth, when they dropped me off, I don't think – I think I knew Josh Brock. I knew the name because he was my roommate. But Josh, had came in early. So, uh, I was all by myself. We signed, I think – Jake, you might know as good as I – we signed like eight <laughs> linemen that year. Yeah, signed a lot of linemen because uh, – yeah. Because and, uh, when the coach took over, it was a bunch of juniors. Yeah, needless to say, though, out of that class, man, I it was me and uh, Max Gene were uh, the only ones that that <laughs> the only ones that survived, man. We were right. the ones that made it through. It was um, you at uh, Bartley, Bartley Miller. Um, yeah, Bartley and, Miller. Uh, he he Josh ended Brock. up medicaling. Yeah. Josh Brock ended up medicaling. Um, Jake Gaines. I believe was one of them. He never made it anywhere. Uh, big Sap, you remember Big Sap? Big uh, Big Sap was from uh, no Tommy Gaines. Washington. Yeah, I was Washington about to say Tommy Gaines. Tommy Gaines. He, he was after me. He was a little bit after me. Oh, was he after you? Yeah, I remember that name. He never did any. Yeah, there were there were a lot of guys, man. Y'all had a rash of shoulders and medicals and oh, it was and all crazy that stuff man. on the O line uh, there for a little while. It was a tough run of luck. And the only thing I can say about me and never having any shoulder injuries was growing up. I grew up in in a my family owned a water park 
uh, not my immediate family, my, my great uncle. And it was this redneck water park, um, country water park had tire swings and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, I grew up climbing ladders, man, my whole life. And, uh, I really do think that that's why I never had any shoulder injuries. Yeah. I, you know, I was always climbing ladders and, uh, build up quite, quite the good shoulders. So. Well, Roos, I don't know if you've ever seen Dan Emmett in person, but uh, Dan, Dan's a great big old human being, and it just kind of cracks me up to think about him climbing all over the place. Oh, man, people, doing backflips. I, I, I was a big monkey, man. I was like, <laughs> what? Uh, so Fayetteville, North Carolina, right? That's the kind of the area? Yeah, Fayetteville, Fayetteville was what I claimed. Hope Mills is actually the right. town I was, I was from. I, I made sure that they put Hope Mills up there to, to – represent the, the outskirts of Fayetteville. So Wait, where, was the, where was this water park? I want to know that. It was uh it was at the end of my road that I grew up on. My my great grandfather actually built it. And it was a <laughs> it was a pretty neat deal. It was funneled in through a lake. So they funneled in lake water into a uh it was about three miles radius of uh white beach sand man it was <laughs> so it was lake water like and it turned into like pool water and chlorine and and all that stuff and uh does this still exist it was high dives and tarzan swings and it was uh you can look it up online is it there still <laughs> yeah fantasy lake no nah, it's not there anymore that it's kind of People bought it. It reminds me of this place. For those of folks listening and and watching, if you've ever been down to South Georgia, there's a place called Crystal Lake down there, down around Osceola, Georgia, uh, where something similar was done. It it sounds like ours may have been like more of a touristy type deal, as as to whereas yours might have been more of a local deal. Um, but either way, and because these this had a bunch of slides and stuff like that, it weren't, a bunch yeah, of that's our, yeah, ours did too. It yeah, was, okay, uh, yeah, maybe it was, very it was similar. Pretty big deal, man. People came from. From uh from all over, man. Tell you oh, truth, okay. it's a pretty big tourist attraction. But I grew up working down there from probably the time I could, I don't know, eight, nine, ten. I mean, I grew up working down there picking up cigarette butts from uh <laughs> when I was a kid. He paid me he paid me uh a dollar, uh, like a dollar an hour or something. It was something horrific. Yeah, there's there's, a, there's money in it for a kid to pick up cigarette butts. It ain't good money, but it's money. Oh, yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So, Roos, get us into the Bobo questions here. We uh, we want to have – I want to give Dan a chance to talk about him because – Sure. No, Dan, I wanted to ask you. I mean, you know, there's there's been a lot of reaction to uh, the the news that Mike Bobo was going to be the – the new offensive coordinator, both positive and negative, uh, depending on who you ask. I'm just curious, first off, how you received the news when you first heard of it. Uh, you know, what was your feeling uh, when you first heard that that Mike Bobo is going to be taking over the Georgia offense again? Um, I think it was a LFG exclamation mark uh, <laughs> ten times and uh, boom. <laughs> it was a. Uh... It was uh, quite the excitement. I was excited. Um, I tell you what, getting a coach there, man, getting a coach there with Coach Bobo, not only playing when he was an assistant and his intensity and all that, but his intensity as a coordinator. And, uh, you know, I always said he almost has this O-line type intensity, which I think comes from his dad because his dad was an O-line coach. Um he always got this special love for the O-line. You can tell that by Coach Bobo. And, um, you know, him and Coach Searles work together, which is just – I mean, that is just, you know, just uh, sugar in the tea. Um, being back together like they like they were uh, – and uh, let's see, Searles was there, what, 07? Yeah, right. 07 uh-huh. to like uh, 10 or something like that, like three yep. years. But – um. I think they're going to do good together, man. They, uh, and I tell you, just watching from 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 the couch and watching from my seat this past year, 
you know, you can see a little bit of Bobo in there. You can see a little Bobo in that offense. Um, what do you mean by that? What, what can, when you see Bobo, when you say, I see Bobo in that offense, what are you seeing? What are you looking at that makes you? Well, and I think it, it comes a lot from Monkey because if you, if you kind of know historically where Coach Bobo, you know, uh, he got a lot of, a lot of stuff from Coach Gruden going down and meeting Young when he got the, uh, the coordinating position. Uh, when Coach Rick gave it to him and and a lot of learning, learning the pro style and what they were doing with run checks and and formations and how you formation people to what you want and uh, don't run bad plays. You know, Coach Bubba always said don't run bad plays. Uh, and he takes pride in that, putting the players in the position to make really good plays. And, uh, you know, when I was there, we were we were stricken with some ACLs and, and – um, you know, we were putting up 500-something yards with uh, receivers um, not at the caliber that they are now, let's just say that. Uh, right. They were yeah. good receivers and good kids and and loved, loved Georgia and played hard. But uh, I'm eager to see what he does with the talent that, that, we, that we have now. Uh, well, you know, and I, another thing that I think a lot of – I heard from a lot of people – and, and I don't feel this way, um, but I, I did hear this. And I'm, I'm curious, as somebody who was coached under and, and then also had a chance to work alongside him in the coaching ranks, a lot of people seem concerned that Mike Bobo is inflexible and that Mike Bobo is going to do what Mike Bobo did at Georgia, you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago. You know, is your I mean, I, I'm just curious as to, you know, how you would respond to those thoughts. I mean, it is my well, I, I would respond to that because being a coach myself, um, you know, Coach Bobo has been a head coach. He's been a coordinator at other places. He's he's grown. And uh, that's what you do as a coach. And if you're a coach that never wants to learn, you're not going to be a very successful coach. Uh, I think Kirby is 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 a great example of that you know he said he's always eager to learn, he's always eager to cut on film somewhere and talk to somebody that that knows something. And uh, if you're talking to somebody that don't know anything, then 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 why are you talking to them? You know, um, and and I think Coach Bobo has had an opportunity to grow. He's been around different people, been around different systems. Um, I would think the complete opposite because he's he's such a coach's son, coach. He's a sponge, you know. He soaks up uh, everything, everything he can learn about X's and O's. And uh, not only that, but I tell you this, Coach Bobo is the coach that he's going to get the most out of you. There's no doubt. He's going to push you, and I think uh, that's the culture that that's built at UGA right now. You know, um, push the players to to where they can be their best, and let's put them in the best position to win. All right, Dan, getting on to another subject here. Let me uh, – you're a player. Let's just go back to your playing days, and you're headed back home to Hope Mills, North Carolina. What are, what are you calling ahead? What are you calling ahead to mom or grandma or whoever, dad, saying, hey, have it cooked when I get back because I, I, this is what I need uh, to eat? Well, that, that's going on, but it's it's Thanksgiving. My, okay. my mom makes coconut cream pies and – uh. <laughs> she would bring me one down for Thanksgiving, which was always Georgia Tech, and she brought me brought me a pie to myself, man, coconut cream pie. And she got the recipe from my my grandma who passed away when I was born. But anyway, it's my dad's favorite and my favorite, and and uh, no doubt, man, that'd be sitting there waiting on me. World class coconut cream pie from coconut Hope cream Mills, pie. From Hope Mills, North Carolina, baby. You don't, right. you, don't, you don't become a lineman not eating coconut cream pie. <laughs> <laughs> man, you, yeah, you don't come a lineman uh, not eating anything, man. It's hey, all on board. You know what's funny about that? Um, some folks may remember this years ago. Jim Chaney uh, spoke to spoke to reporters. I believe it was before the 2017 season, and they were talking about. He was talking about how you he goes splitting the ball up, splitting the carries up, and he's like, "I look at it like pie because I like pie." <laughs> and, and you know, obviously, you know, you look at Jim Chaney, you can tell he likes to eat, and there, folks love to make their jokes about that. Well, I caught him at Justin Fields' baseball game several, uh, you know, a year later, maybe not quite even that. And I was talking to him, and I was like, man, I tell you what, dude, you had us cracking up preseason with that pie comment. He goes, I do like pie, man. <laughs> hey, 
And he and, said, and, know, and then that's when he said coconut cream pie. So I think Coach Coach Cheney and Coach Pittman ha- have a lot, a lot of the same personalities, man. And I got to work yeah. with Coach Pittman at uh, UNC. That's right, you did. You were the one who was telling me that. Yeah, two thousand handwritten letter deal. The the and sitting down with man, the notebook. Man, he had me laughing consistently, man. It was just he's just so funny and so witty, and uh, and uh, always had a joke. He always had a joke and. Uh, Fire up the jukebox now. He he had that even back then. I'll tell you what, man, that, that speech he made before the Texas game when he's like, them fans all in here, this that other team, that other team in here, let's lock the gates. He wanted everybody in there, and they whipped them. They beat them down pretty good. It's been fun to see him win some of the games. Uh, he's oh, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm, a, um, I'm a Coach coach Pitt fan, man. I, I pull for Coach Pittman. Uh, we, uh, I, I'm curious, Dan, you know, we got the – we got your – your young self here up on the screen. You can, you can see what a, a handsome. Yeah. That don't look like a happy face, man. That, <laughs> that looks like, uh, uh, it looks like I'm getting a little, little Tito. Right that's there. that's uh, Ken Shackelford on the other side of you, right? Yeah. That's Ken. And then I can see big Chester's big old head back there. Yeah. And I, it's <laughs> funny because I can tell you Seth Watts is the <laughs> one in between in the back. And then that is Chris Abbott, man. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard, man. Chris Abbott just passed away, man. I did hear um, that. I did hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He uh, had some had some complications with some uh, his his liver and all. I talked. You know, they do the bulldog versus breast cancer. His family. Yeah. Yep, and for uh, sure. you know, Chris will be remembered there. We're gonna remember him this week. But uh, great, great, great human being. Great kid, man. Well, I, uh, I wanted to ask you. Always though, enjoyed him. We got that. We got that picture on there, and you're you're the first former player that we've had on here. I'm just curious, man. You know, what's it like to see? You know, you guys set the groundwork for a lot of what's happened, but to see where it is now, man. I mean, what's that feel like for you to to see? You cannot be happier. Like it's it's just such a relief. You sit back and and we're finally at the top, man. And 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 I'm not the biggest crap talker. I really not. Uh, I just always take it with a grin and smile, and and now we win a lot and a lot of smiles, and uh, <laughs> you know I always sport my sport my Georgia stuff and um, big advocate of, of of Kirby man. He's he's done such a great job, and he makes us proud. You know he was, I'll never forget he was the running back coach in '05, and uh, when we won it, and I'll never forget man. I used to laugh and pick because how how tough he was on the running backs, and they weren't kind of used to that. You know, and uh, I got to kick back and laugh a little bit because, uh, you know, I had Coach Callaway to possum. He uh, he never let up. And uh, <laughs> Kirby was on the running backs pretty hard. And that was kind of kind of fun to watch. So, speaking of that running back room, Thomas Brown, OC in the NFL now. I know, uh, man. Yeah. And, and couldn't be happier. I, I tell you, I love to see these guys booming up. And, uh, you know, Nick Jones is doing some big things in the coaching world. Joe Cox is – doing some big things at, at um, you know, hey, Alabama, you know, he's uh, doing good. And love to see them guys and coaches, man. It's, it's a tough profession, and it's uh, good to see them succeed. Well, if it's any if it's any consolation, it sounds like all of y'all going to be back coaching at Georgia at any point. It's just one big vacuum cleaner to bring them all back right now. So. Man, I tell you, that's what I tell all these boys. I'm waiting on them to get a job and get me a job. <laughs> <laughs> Stay humble and 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 uh, call them and make them laugh every once in a while, man. Maybe they give me a job. Yeah, man. Well, Roos, you got any you got any more questions for Dan? Well, listen, I got I ask everybody this who comes on the show. I asked Jake Rowe this. I asked Dross Dellinger this. Dan, you've 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 uh, played, you've coached, you've been an assistant coach, you've been a high school coach. I, I you've done a lot of traveling over your life, and I and I think everybody has a story for this one. Can you tell me the worst hotel room that you've ever stayed in? The worst hotel room? Oh, well, that's easy. I was, uh, it was in 2002 and we played South Carolina and, uh, it was in Columbia and we stayed and my roommate was no other than John Stenchcomb. And, uh, man, we walked in the room and there was ants crawling all over and, you know, me, I ain't lying to you. I wasn't going to worry about it. As long as they weren't in the bed, as long as they weren't bothering me. But uh, he flipped his wig, man. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was senior All-American. You know, he 
he had a lot of pull and I just followed along with it, man. He's sitting there raising hell and, uh, and I'm just standing back here like a little kid and, uh, laugh about it now because he was, it was such a, it was so funny to watch him blow up, you know? Yeah, man. 19 years old. You were a kid, dude. That was 20 years oh, ago. Oh, man. Oh, 20 years whirlwind. ago. Yeah. The whirlwind. And no, no better than red shirt, man. I, I look at that as such a blessing. And yeah. Got you next travel, year, you know, started the, four years after the, after the red shirt. But. Getting to travel and red shirt. You know, you got a chance to travel for that game. And, and then, you know. Yeah, I got to travel to South Carolina, Carolina and then. And then I didn't travel much after that because uh, Big Swoop, you remember Randall Swoop? I do. Randall uh, traveled because he carried three centers. Coach Callaway carried three centers. So right. I, I didn't get to travel because we had we had three tackles with uh, Kareem Marshall and Stenchcomb and uh, Big Falls. So I, I got to sit back and watch. One of my biggest regrets as a freshman was not going to Georgia-Florida, man. I had an opportunity. I was red-shirting and – Never, I've never been as a spectator. Always, always as a coach and a playing. So, it's well, on maybe my one, list. I maybe one day Dogs HQ get you down there. You we gotta get Dan Inman down. To you get Dan Inman down for a tailgate correspondent. Dude, I'm telling you, and and now now sober Dan Inman because the, yeah, I don't know if Dan Inman back in the day would have made it. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of folks haven't, man. If anything you learn about being a spectator for that game is a lot of folks do not make it in. I tell you what about that game though, coaching is that they have the best coaches box. They have uh sausage dogs and cookies and that's where it goes, Roos. All kinds that's of good food goes. Yeah. You've been up there, Jake? Have you no, been up there? You know, I, I they don't have anything for us, Dan. It's garbage. I, I've gotten to where I just eat before I go. Because they, they, they dude, it is like the best coaches bread, man. And it's like sauerkraut and chili and, <laughs> and that all that, great. man. And Coach Ball, I'll never forget Coach Ball. He, he'd get up there and he'd tear it up now. <laughs> he, he'd be up there. He had like four or five cookies. <laughs> oh, man. That cracks me up because I always thought Tony Ball was a, uh, Take care of your body. The body's he was, but he guy. saved up for it. He saved <laughs> up for the Georgia Florida man. He saved his calories. Yeah, Tony he got Ball. an extra workout in that week. <laughs> okay, <laughs> dude, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been a blast. Hey, man, appreciate um, it. Appreciate all right, it. All right, dude, go go uh, go hang out. Hey, also, uh, you know, I, folks may not know this. Me and Dan were born on the exact same day. We're staring down the barrel of forty, baby. August night. Yeah, coming. birthday twin, man. Birthday twin. God, it's coming. God, it's turn coming. 40. 40's coming hard. We get to. I got a new hip, man. I'm good now. <laughs> I'm ready to take we'll on get, the world. Uh, we'll see if we get Russ Tanner to throw us a party. Yeah. <laughs> All right, stuff. Be good, bud. See you, buddy. Appreciate you guys. That was fun, man. Dan, uh, Dan's. Dan's a cool dude, man. He is, man. Dan's from. Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't just great, dude. I've never been to Hope Mills, but uh, Hope Mills may be as country as Pearson, Georgia. It, it sounds like it. I'm, uh, I, oh, I, I just, man, I, I'll tell you, I really do. I love a offensive linemen. They're oh, yeah, they're great. Men, great personalities. You know, they're just, they're easy going for the most part. I don't know. They're, they're just good, good folks. No, dude, I'm going to tell you right now if we could one day get me, you, Dan Emman, and Ben Cleveland on here, I wonder how quick it would devolve. Into how much you turn dang on just boom power. Oh man, it would it would turn into it would turn into something just completely ugly. I think we kind of got Jake on Jake in before Dan got with us. We got any parting shots for these people tonight? Well, I got I do got one for you tonight. I okay, got, you got, you got, 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 a, I got a question okay. for you tonight. I, I was thinking about this one today. What was my uh, what was going to be my Jake on Jake question tonight. So I'm going to get you to power rank three foods for me. Three three ethnic foods. All right. Chinese, okay. Mexican, Italian. Stack them up for me. That's hard, man. This is hard because, because if you're talking about just garden variety, Mexican is number one. I got. I would agree with that. But if you're talking about ceiling, Mexican's number three. Also true. Yeah, so you know, Mexicans gonna. It's hard to mess it up. It's hard to do it at an extremely high level. I don't know that I've ever had it done at extremely high level. Um, so 
consistency. I think if you're putting them together, I would probably put Mexican where it deserves to be in two. And then probably Chinese three, Italian number one. But I do think amazing Chinese is almost impossible to beat. I, you know my feelings on and this. And I've had and I've you know I've had Chinatown, New York City, you know, Chinatown uh Chinese, and that is that's some tough stuff to beat right there. Really good Asian food stuff to begin beat anyway, other than Indian food. And I know you know you're gonna that microwave behind you has dealt with so much disgusting tiki masala that I've ever, you know, <laughs> it, I mean, Roos is such a big Indian food eater, I can't handle it. I can't even get near you're not it. Not a big Thai guy either though. I'm okay with Thai. It just depends on what it is. Would you prefer Chinese, don't you? Yeah, I would. Yeah, prefer Chinese or, or Japanese. I love sushi. Big sushi guy. I could eat a I'm a big Japanese guy myself. I, I'll be honest with you. The Japanese have a curry, outstanding. Okay. Their curry is a little bit different. It's a little, little, little different. I've been playing around with it lately. It's awesome. As long as it smells different, it's the smell that kills me. It's the smell that sends it uh, into orbit. All right, I talked to you about this last night, okay? And I'm going to ask you this question too, because this is I'm being very selfish when I ask this question because I've been thinking about it all day. I didn't know if I wanted to tell everybody last night. I came out of the closet and I told everybody I drink non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Um, does it make me less of a man? Because I think it makes me more of a man because I just love the taste of beer. I don't need my senses numbed. I like that taste of that beer. Am I less or more of a man? <laughs> no, listen, I'll tell you this. So one of the things that um, I, we were, we're going to get to at some point, it may be more in depth, but uh, so in addition to working at Dogs HQ, I also work at a brewery. I work at a brewery down here um, where I live uh, called Buckball Brewing. Come by and see me sometime. I'll pour you a beer. Um, but there are a lot of people, a lot of longtime regulars that we've had there who have had to switch to non-alcoholic because they've developed gout. And so a lot of that stuff has been starting to crop up. And I'm starting to see a lot more breweries actually pick up non-alcoholic beer for that reason. A lot yeah. of there's, there's a ton of various medical conditions that people can't drink because of. And I mean, a lot of people just shouldn't drink. I mean, you know, there's there are people do that, you know, that's their vice and but they still enjoy the taste of beer. They And so I'm with it, man. Listen, I'm not a beer snob. Uh, I think that whatever makes you happy, whatever works for you, um, as long as you're having fun with it, I think that that's all that matters. So I, I'm, yeah. down, I'm down with non-alcoholic beer. I don't know that I've – I've only drank like the, the super shitty stuff. So like a Heineken Zero or like, you yeah. know, there's a Bush non-alcoholic that one of the bars here serves. Mm. Um, I, I need to take – one day you – you should come. You're going to have to come there and we're going to do a whole podcast about this bar. I'm going to take you to, <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, it's like something out of a, like a Randy Travis song, but, um, it's, you know, they're, they got, I, I haven't had the good stuff and it sounds like you are getting into the better non-alcoholic stuff. I'll so. tell you what, man, that ad athletic brewing that I had over the weekend, I really can't get over it. How much it tasted like good, you know, like good beer, just good beer. And, um, you know, I've always been that person, man. I mean, I don't know, you know, you and I've set up at the blind pig before and had beers for lunch and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you sit there and, you know, you're eating a big, you know, you have one before you, before you eat your meal. And then, you know, you eat your meal, you eat some Ninja wings are real hot. You want two, maybe you sit there and eat, you know, drink three IPAs and you're like, oh man, I can't go home right now. This, I'm not, in a, you know, a little <laughs> irresponsible. Okay. <laughs> Uh, not with uh, not with uh, non-alcoholic beer. And I thought about this last night, too. I brought this up on the Georgia show. Uh, every uh, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, check it out. Um, it's our flagship show. We love it. We're, we're a big part of that as well. Uh, but um, I thought about the fact that when I brought it up, I was like, I wonder if people think we're going to be, you know, if we're getting sponsored by Athletic Brewing. Uh, we are not, um, you know, it Athletic would. Brewing, it if you want to give us, if you want to give us cash and a lot of freaking beer, alcoholic or non, I'll drink the hell out of it. I will get after it. I'll work for beer. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to give me money. A five dollar, uh, a five dollar bill in a case. Yeah, whatever, dude. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, send me a but, case a month, and we'll just. I'll talk talk you up all day. It's good stuff, though. It is really good stuff, and I feel like this show was too. Thank you to Dan Emman for joining us and basically coming on and saving the show because Ruth yeah, and I thanks, were running it. Thanks for putting up with all my mess. Uh, I got to go over and inform these people of their cell phone location here once we get off of the air. So yeah. Um, you might want to call some police backup. <laughs> what's what's crazy is the closest police are are the Georgia cops, but they can't service my area because I'm just over the state line. So we got to wait for Polk County to come in and hope that they're in Ducktown. But if they're not, they're over the river in Benton. 
take them 45 minutes to get here. If you want to rob a bank, come to Copper Hill. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm telling you what, right now, brother, that needs to be on the intro drop right there. If you want to rob a bank, come to Copper Hill. All right, fellas, uh, you heard it first. Um, it, you know, Jake Roos is the one that gave you the idea, and uh, he will be considered an accomplice if anything happens. This has been Bark After Dark. We've had a blast. Come back, see us next Monday. Make sure you tune in to the Georgia show, uh, 8.30 Wednesday night. We don't know what we're going to be talking about, but it'll be interesting. See y'all. Take care.